0: You are tuned in to Ye Tuesday Afternoon Rock Show here on WTJU, 91.1 FM in Charlottesville, and online everywhere at WTJU.net. I'm Aaron O, oh, your host for the next couple hours, in the studio with a very special guest. Do you have a DJ name, Tom? Are we just calling you Tommy the Rock? Tom of the Rock. With Tommy the well, Rock. I'm Tom
1: Applegate. You don't know who the heck I
0: am. Some of our <laughs> listeners actually do, because when I've played from the early years some folks have been like i haven't heard this music in forever
1: yes yes that's why it's so good it's that's here it's It's, out now
0: i'm so glad um so for folks who don't know who you are can you introduce yourself
1: hi i'm tom applegate (laughs) (laughs) musician uh musician i guess and and the reason i'm here i I believe is because like mm, some 40 years 45 years ago or whatever uh I was living in Richmond and um, had, a, had a big hand in uh, um, c- creating several punk rock bands
0: mm-hmm. during
1: the invention of punk.
0: That must have been really exciting.
1: Oh, it was really exciting times. Yeah. You know, taking rock and roll and and, and evolving, it, evolving it into a new form that was more purest than the pop rock that came. To, you know. Hmm. Rock and roll had become kind of pop-oriented, you know, and sure. uh, punk just took it straight down to, you. oops, the three chords, <laughs> the three chords, and screaming about stuff you don't like and stuff you love.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I bet that was cathartic after that sort of, you know, oh. shiny pop stuff.
1: It was, it was, it was great, and, 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 I, and I love the fact that it's still going on today. Yes, You Me know too. I mm-hmm. mean, and it's not in the bad. I mean... I don't know. That new Turnstile record, I oh. think, is killing me, man. Is it? It's like, this is still it. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll have to play some Turnstile later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, it's a taste.
0: Hey, I got pretty wide taste, and, our, and my listeners know that.
1: <laughs> but I believe we're here. I, I met Aaron at a baseball game.
0: That's true. We met at a baseball game two years ago.
1: Two years ago and uh, and, and we started talking and I think we missed three or four innings and, and talked for about a half an <laughs> I <think> hour. Oh so. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I don't remember much of that game except for talking with you and Linda and Maria, yeah. who had just gotten married.
1: Yeah, right? well, she moved to Memphis. That's
0: right. Yeah, and you had on like really cool silver boots. <laughs> I remember that as well, and I was like, "Oh my god, this guy's really cool." Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was fun, and we and we know some of the same folks who run labels, like yes. Mark.
1: Mark, yes.
0: Of Beach Impediment, and then Sam from Feel It. Um,
1: so I'm here to talk about uh, maybe how that punk, uh, how it came together. Yeah. Because we're inventing it, along with everybody mm-hmm. around the world at that moment. Yeah. but um, And then maybe how I met Mark and, and, yeah. and where, where these first songs came from.
0: Yeah, um, let's do that. Okay. Should we hear one first? Yes. So um, Mar- uh, Mark of Beach Impediment put out this uh, record, Beaks the Early Years, 1979 to 1982, of the early Beaks recordings. Um, I've played a bunch of these tracks on the air, so if you listen regularly, you might be familiar. But uh, let's start off with intro, and then my heart goes beep beep. Okay. All right. I think we're going to go track by track. So let's start it off with that one. so Tommy you were telling me that that this record got picked up by a few different like pretty big deal publications
1: oh yeah um, so so Mark put this out this came out like um, June June 25th this summer and um, at, and and then spin magazine spin.com ran an article about how this is like, the real thing, which was blew me away. <laughs> it's like, I think I read it about 11 o'clock at night. It's like, holy... Yeah, I could have so excited. But anyway, uh, so Spin Magazine's, like, picked this. So, like, this is the, what punk rock's all about. And then uh, Bandcamp picked it as top 10 uh, punk album for June and July. June
0: and July?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Maximum Rock and Roll... Picked it and in their top ten punk records. That's pretty awesome. It's like this is all I ever wanted. You know, all I had to do was wait like forty years.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right? <laughs> like this, this music came out forty years ago, but it is still resonating. Mm-hmm. Why? It is. Why do you think that is?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Mm. You should be uh, on the radio. <laughs> I should. I should be a journalist, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I don't know it's it's like pure you know mhm and and has the same it's the the punk uh, the attitude when punk came around it was just a change from what I, what we were just telling you like the, the kind of popish rock and roll mm-hmm. which was rock and roll at the time yeah and because disco was the major force right. everywhere. And rock and roll was really dying. Mm. I, I was fearful because yeah. I've been at rock and roller since I was four.
0: OK. <laughs> All right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's like this is going away. It's like oh my god, and then uh, started uh, hearing things about punk rock and the simplicity of it, and then like a uh, scene magazine from from New York, mm-hmm. and, and it's like somewhere, and then Cream magazine, Hell yeah, was really uh, t- telling what what this underground movement was, and then uh, and then we had I, I went to see Patti Smith. <gasps> When horses came out. Oh wow! I think it was like a month before horses came out, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was it. That that was it. It was the real thing. It was like what she did with the music and the words and her attitude. She summed it up, and it it's that's it's like this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So you started a punk band after that, or were you already in one at that point?
1: Uh, we were working on a little more. Okay. David Stober and I were working on a little more. And we we had already been like, you know, we were like Stone's influenced New York Dolls.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff and everything we'd read. But, uh, and then we had to, there's definite directions that you didn't have to cow to that uh, the way rock was at the time, you mm-hmm. know, real commercial ish. And that you could just play three chords because that's, that's all we could play.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but then sing
1: about stuff that really matters to you and be sincere, know mm-hmm. you know, and that's what music should be. Yes. What does I say? No, the, the Timberry line. Uh, oh. I don't
0: should know.
1: Should be about it shouldn't be about paying rent. Mm. Is is what the what the but that just came to mind.
0: Yeah. No. Totally, and, and you think in the songs on this compilation um, do that. Yeah. 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 Should we hear another one? Sure. So we started with My Heart Goes Beep Beep, and I'll ask you another question about that when we get back on the mic. But uh, next up, one of my favorites, He Obliterates Me.
1: Obliterates Me. This was written by Craig Thompson, the bass player, who was, like, awesome. He could write the best rock song, I mean, anyway.
0: I love the like the riff in here, so cool. this
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> go ahead.
0: yeah, let's play it. So much to say so so tell us about uh he obliterates me a little bit while i rewind
1: obliterates that was an intense song uh there's a little story of course <laughs> christine sings it's just i don't know that song live see mm. there was a point i i joined the band a little bit after this, okay, right? The the first side of this record is the that the the picture of the band on the cover.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I was like at first I was like, wait a second, Tom's not in this picture, right?
1: Yeah, and that's
0: or did he change his face?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would think that Mike Ty is me the guy over there, and then uh, uh but we we were hang we were hanging around. I had my band Lamore, and mm-hmm. there when then there was Beaks, and. um Richard had asked for asked Ralph Harper, the singer for the Ricky and the White Boys, uh, invited me to his practice, and I uh, met Richie Buchanan there, and we jammed for three or four songs, and then we stopped, and he said, "Hey, you want to join the band?" <laughs> I said, "No, I already got my own band." Yeah, <laughs> but so it took it. It took about three years for them to talk me into it, but. Um, the first side of the record is that original band. Okay. All right, and then the, the drummer, Boo Smith, and and Mike Ty, they they quit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I went ahead and joined <laughs> and filled it <laughs> in. And the way I got involved because we would we would <laughs> hang around, and make this clear. We would we played a lot of shows together. Okay. Uh, Lamar and Beaks, a lot of Lamar and Beaks shows. Mm-hmm. And um, then they got approached by Bill Asp from Wasp Records in D.C. to put out a single. Mm-hmm. But they they didn't have a lot of original songs at that time. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did a lot of great covers, you know, and um, some original stuff written by friends. So... Um, we're just like you want to write us a song, so I was like, sure. And I had beat beat that I had been kind of putting together uh, as, and I, so I gave that to them. And mm-hmm. then Bill asked for like, yeah, this is it, you know. So I wasn't in the band, but I was writing. For
0: okay. Them, you know. Okay. And
1: cool. then when we'd play together, I would play with them, or you know, it was pretty. It's yeah. incestuous. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Except that I married Christine, so mm-hmm. so that she couldn't fire me.
0: <laughs> smart. That's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
1: gosh. <laughs> and, and and that that record went along really great. Yeah. Know? And then uh, after those guys quit, you know, Christine did. She did. Waste two weeks. We had the ne- next band together. I. That's what I joined. Got it. We got Todd Woodson to play drums. Mm-hmm. You know. And Craig was still playing bass. And, and the second side of the record is like my songs, mm-hmm. where I came in. All right. With Butch and stuff like that. But Beat Beat is a catchy tune. It's so
0: good. It's the perfect opener <laughs> for this, for sure. And now hearing the story, it, it does. It makes so much sense to open with that for the story of the band as well. So mm-hmm. perfect choice for an opening track. Um, should we get to the third one, Tuesday morning?
1: Tuesday morning. Yeah, sure. This song was written by Steve Bernard, who lives in Boone's Mill, Virginia.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're during the break, Tom, and I keep talking about all kinds more things. Um, but you were telling me a little bit about Christine. We were talking about women in rock. Yeah, women in
1: rock. This is a like, big thing, and I I love it. Me too. You know, it's like, um, but there there wasn't any representation, or even they wouldn't admit people to be rock. I mean, mm. I guess Joan Jet you know and and once I saw Patty, it was like yeah. that that was cool." and then Christine was like uh, she's a really a good rock singer, and she was just like she was rock and roll. that's one of the reasons I met her but uh then, when we were playing especially the first three or four years, um we play these places, and people get really mad at Christine for acting like a man. On stage, And it's like, oh man, we played at the the Atlantis Club, the original 9:30 Club oh, with wow. Shrapnel, right? Like, oh. Legs McNeil's Yeah band, right, right. <laughs> and and this guy in front kept grabbing Christine's legs, right, and and she stopped the band and said, "Dude, I'm giving you one warning." And you know he goes like, it," eh, you know, and then we played the next song, and he grabs her again, tries to pull her off stage. She kicked him in the face, (laughs) and and knocked him straight back through the crowd. And then the bouncers grabbed him up and threw him out, took him out through the door. And and people were like, "Holy, this! (laughs) This is this is a girl being a true rock and roller, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I that." Yeah, I, in the in the description of the record that um, is written up, it, it talks about how she doesn't take anyone's four-letter word that starts with an S. <laughs> which that story make yeah, I love that. I love that because you have to stick up for yourself in in those situations. Um,
1: and then the people were treating women, you know, as decoration, or you know, mm-hmm. or they wanted them to be like strippers, or yeah. You know, on on some other display sort of, but but that's not it. Yeah,
0: and she certainly embodies so much more than that in the music. And even, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know. And then I, 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 I could write a song, you know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I can't, you know. And, Tom's a
0: good songwriter. Everybody.
1: But and she would have some great ideas and do like really good lyrics, mm-hmm. you know. So together we we really came up with some really cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's on the B side. Leslie? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, well, let's do Guyana, and then we'll get into the B side.
1: We'll get the Guyana. This was this. They wrote this like they, I don't know if everybody knows what happened in Jonestown,
2: mm. but
1: that's. Uh, The um, the mass suicide in Jonestown. That's where the uh, "you're gonna drink the Kool-Aid" joke came from, (laughs) because he made them all drink cyanide laced. uh, Anyway. And, but they were watching. They uh, Craig and them. They were watching on the news report on TV, and it was like it, it looks like an air raid because they were showing all these pictures, right. of all these dead bodies from over stuff. the
0: top. Yeah,
1: it's like, and so then they wrote this song, and because Christine is thinking, and, and uh, Craig's like, "What about if there's a teenage girl there who really didn't want to be there?" And it's like, what was going through her mind? And it's mm. like, all the boys I could have had. <laughs> Was like, (laughs) this is like cool. That is cool. It's actually a toss up between Beat Beat Ghana to be the single.
0: Oh. But
1: Bill Ass thought it was too soon. Got it. To sing about a mass suicide in a pop or rock kind of way. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But it's a really cool song.
0: It is a cool song. (laughs) So get ready, everybody. We're going to play that one next. Right now, in fact. Um, But real quick, we do have to make an announcement. But today's programming is brought to you by the Virginia Film Festival, returning to theaters October 27th through the 31st. And this year's festival features more than 85 films, guests, and conversations, including a tribute to the award-winning Martha Plimpton, a special award presentation to Tony-nominated writer Jeremy Um, O'Harris. O'Harris, sorry, I feel like I always rush, like, the O-H's, because that's what I have. Um, And Gallus, Greetings of the Power of the Dog, The French Dispatch, and Spencer. Tickets on sale now at virginiafilmfestival.org. Let's get to Guyana by Beaks here on Yield Tuesday Afternoon Rock Show. That was a quick one, but a good one <laughs> <laughs> um so shows that you all played where were the places that beeks was playing?
1: hits keep rolling <laughs> um let's see so starting out there really wasn't any way to play mm-hmm. so you kind of had to invent your own own venues or whatever okay, and the best target might admit like like art art openings hmm. and that kind of stuff but um we went to actually the the back door in richmond was a little kind of like bikerish bar and uh there's right in the middle of ECU, and uh you know we went to John Richardson, who, who owned it, and because uh, on Sunday nights the place was like dead, you know. So yeah. it's like, John, can we play a punk rock night, punk rock Sundays? And he goes like, well, Yeah, why don't you try it, you know? So we did the first one, and it was full. I mean, it was packed, and they sold every beer in the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: for punk rock we're, we're, Sunday yeah.
1: <laughs> so after that John's like you do whatever you want, you can have every Sunday mm-hmm. you know, and that really helped foster a place for us all to play and cool. the barriers w- w- was a big band Christine sang with the barriers before she sang with beaks, you mm-hmm. know in uh, just a song she would sing x-ray Spexel
0: so. oh they're one of my favorites. We bondage
1: up space. yours. That's what she's saying. <laughs> but so anyway, good. so <laughs> that, that was places to play. And then once Bill, we hooked up with Bill Aspe, we started getting to play at D.C. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. We played at uh, Columbia Station. We were banned from <laughs> Columbia Station for refusing to turn down. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
1: there, there was a lot. Of our spaces played. Boma shows. I mean yeah that's what it, it was oh, wow. they had a lot of art shows and cool. um,
0: did you ever play charlottesville
1: yes we yeah, did yeah who'd
0: you play with
1: <laughs> we played it was a more beak shows <laughs> we played a pavilion 11 is that still here
0: i don't i've never heard of that
1: it was part of the dorms or it was a recreation oh, oh my year. gosh
0: at uva like pavilion 11 at uva yes <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> there was a small, but but pretty mighty hardcore contingent here at that at that time, <laughs> you know, and we did have like the landlords and lackey die and.
1: Yeah, but, but so well, the best show was like we uh, David Stover booked us a show and he's like, all right, play you So we come up there and it's it's uh, during winter break
3: and oh, nobody God.
1: was here, right. <laughs> There wasn't it was empty <laughs> and like two people came in a couple and so we, we bought them drinks and and dinner <laughs> and uh, I think Christine went up and did cabaret at uh, their table
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still wonder who those
1: people were they had the best time
0: maybe they're maybe they're listening <laughs> if you're listening let us know <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's where people came we, that was my most memorable. But uh, we, we played a lot of shows with the Richmond band Single Bullet Theory. Oh, okay. And they were doing a lot of fraternity shows, you mm-hmm. know, up here. Sure. And so we come up and open some stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Money, money. Yeah, and and that's what they would do like. Who do you guys think you are? <laughs> and that's what we come up with. We're the greatest. I love it. Yep.
0: It's true. <laughs> you know, if, you get, if you're going
1: to model after somebody, let it be Muhammad Ali.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the greatest, should we... The next track in the sequence is Butch. Should we play Butch? Yeah. One that you wrote with Christine,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? About a little dog.
0: That's Butch. the dog on the cover, right?
1: Yeah, Butch. <laughs> It's a, Oh, Chrissy was a little dog, right?
0: Was she from New York?
1: Yeah. Got it. She was from Newark.
0: Okay. A dog.
1: So that's where she got her edge. York.
0: <laughs> All right. Butch about a, a little dog.
1: Yeah, it's just not feeling right. house coming up
0: yeah we'll do that one next
1: so the butch single was uh, like uh that's after a wasp records and and we uh, and uh, uh we needed to follow it up with something so that's what we made our own right label
0: mm-hmm. which was called
1: zero degree records mm-hmm and we had created zero degree records to make a Lamore single. Okay. Because at the beginning you had to make all the stuff up yourself. See, David and I we would like we like what what it takes to make a good punk rock scene.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You got to have a, a, a radio station,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So you got to hear. You have to have a a, a publication
0: mm-hmm. that's local
1: about. Those bands, you know, that's where zines come in. Right. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have to have uh, venues. And, and the best thing is to have a main venue mm-hmm. where a lot of your stuff happens. And then out-of-town bands can come. And you can see what they're doing because that makes it interesting, you know? And then you have those, like, other others, the venues pop up around that. And, and then uh, it helps to have a record store.
0: Yes. <laughs> a good one. <laughs>
1: you know, and... Um, and
0: I guess a label.
1: And a label. So we, that's what we tried to create, all those things. Wow. We made, like, a, a zine. Richmond New Raver was a zine. And, and, and Zero Degree was going to be our label. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we wanted to make... Because there was all this stuff happening for other bands, like, you know, in the Northwest and California and New York is, like... But they they, they would they were getting on like one label, you know, like Sire Records, Sure. Once, you know, and uh, so that's why Zero Degree put out the Lamore record and then the Beaks record and then eventually the, the White Cross record. Oh right! And uh, the Prevaricators,
0: mm. too,
1: because we were trying to create a united front, but
0: for Richmond. Yeah. You know, did it work? Nah.
1: <laughs> the record industry has kind of passed over Richmond. Yeah. Although that Richmond's given us, you know, Guar, the Lamb of God.
2: Totally. I mean,
1: Pat Banatar.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean,
1: you can start, Dave. Um...
0: Well, Beaks, the greatest.
1: Oh, Beaks. Yeah, it's like, aren't we the greatest? And it's not a question. No. Um, let's see. And it had been a long. What was that guy? Many a teardrop may fall, but oh. it's all Tommy Edwards. He was from Richmond.
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> D'Angelo.
1: D'Angelo. He lives in Chesterfield. It's like I,
0: right. That's wild to me.
1: Do people see him at the Kroger and stuff? I. W- like, I don't know. I don't Maybe know.
0: I need to start driving over to Chesterfield <laughs> to go grocery <laughs> anyway, shopping. I wonder and there's,
1: like the guitar player from Chicago lives there. Really? I,
0: it's the weirdest thing. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, and it's you would think because of where it's located that it would get, you know, kind of picked up in the like DC.
1: Yes. Sort yeah. Sort of.
0: I mean, I don't know, down to North Carolina trajectory, but. Yeah.
1: And then there's always been a a Norfolk, Virginia Beach scene, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But D.C., I guess, took a lot of the attention. Definitely. So we got to play a lot of shows there and a lot of choice shows there, and those bands hated us. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) How come? Like Martha (laughs) Hull. oh. Man, she abhorred Christine.
0: Really? Who does she think
1: she is? You know, this is great. Anyway, I don't want to get into all that. <laughs> no, that's
0: okay. <laughs> um, story behind Empty House? Sarah. There, there You said there's a story for every song. Oh. Because that's right. what's up next, everyone.
1: Empty House, it was originally uh, going to be a Lamore song, but then, like I was telling you, like... <sighs> There's at one point in a relationship that Christine said, if I'm done with you," and she moved to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> and tried to leave me. Ha! Like, but anyway. How dare she? <laughs> yeah, I'm Tom <dumb> Allegate. <laughs> Gosh, but uh, so there's this empty house. Was like I kind of wrote about her. Uh, um, it was like. You know, once a person is, who has so much energy in life and life, and then they go away, and it's it's really empty. Mm. You know, I don't know. That's just yeah. kind of they're all love songs in a way. Mm. The way that you know, yeah, I realize that Joy Ramon sang more love songs. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yes, yeah.
1: I mean, and they're so tender, and, and people don't say, oh, I love the Ramones because of the, the love, love songs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, you know. yeah. Well, you I've talked about this with a friend that, you know, so many people think it's such a cliche to explore love in music, but it's the ultimate thing, right, in a lot of ways. And so why wouldn't there be a million songs about it? Yes. And in all kinds of ways, because everyone experiences it differently. So it just makes sense. That that's what most songs are about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear yours. One of yours, because I'm sure you have a bunch.
1: This is the loss of love. The
0: loss of love.
1: This is Tommy The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And WTJU Radio. (laughs) Charlottesville.
3: WTJU, the Bridge Progressive Arts Initiative, and UVA Music announce a new exhibition and community arts time capsule. It's called We Hope This Art Finds You Well, and it includes a digital exhibition that goes live September 11th. The project's website will serve as a living repository of audio recordings, videos, photographs, and text from Charlottesville artists. You can find more information on WTJU.net or check out the exhibition at ArtFindsYouWell.org.
4: WTJU is pleased to support the 5th Annual Charlottesville Albemarle Black Business Expo this Saturday, October 16th, 2 to 9 p.m. at Ix Art Park. Support and celebrate dozens of local Black-owned businesses plus three panel discussions and a business pitch competition with cash prizes. We've got entertainment at the X Art Park stage throughout the expo, a pop-up fashion show at 2.30, DJ sets all afternoon, and in the evening, high-energy go-go and R&B favorites, Ebony Groove. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the go-go. That's the Black Business Expo, free and open to everyone this Saturday October 16th at the X Art Park and supported by WTJU Charlottesville. Hello. Hello.
0: So uh, that was Daddy, um, and before that we had Empty House, and uh, Tom was talking about um, a time when the band just decided to play music for itself, rather than try to get famous,
1: and oh, kind of yeah. how that... So. Um... There's, we had those the two main singles. I mean, I guess that's what we had and, and what we're known for was, was Beat, Beat, right? That came mm-hmm. out. And then Butch came out. And then everybody liked that. And it was like, that's what most people remember Beeks as Beat, you know? Mm-hmm. But we continued to record. See, I had all the rest of these songs that are on this album, mm-hmm. you know, on the reels. And then I've got five more.
0: You have five more reels?
1: Reels from later dates
0: Dang. all right
1: you know 89 with uh, another collections of songs it's like and we might see those someday yeah you know, but uh it's because we, we, we we'd have the money to record mm-hmm. but then we'd run out of money because nobody ever offered it you know we never got signed
0: yeah you said you were quote we unquote too punk
1: got a deal because that people come see us and we, they thought we were too wild we were too punk you know, we were too unpredictable, you know, to, to like put their money into, mm-hmm. you know, mm. and it's, but there was, but we still, you know, played the music industry game and we got some good things came out. We opened for Joan Jett at, in Bethesda at her homecoming show. That's cool. Which was really cool.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: With the DC band. Anyway.
0: One of those DC bands.
1: uh, (laughs) I'll come come to it. But anyway. Like, is it on
0: here? Is it in the...
1: We we got to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But then, um, I don't know, there's... they they wanna it's like you had to pay to play. Th- that kinda of came into into fashion, you know, where the bands actually have to pay the venue That's to play. So it's like this is stupid. Damn. So then we decided, well uh, we uh, we're gonna quit trying to be famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it changed our attitude and it was like if you don't like beaks then you. <laughs> right? Yeah. and We made these shirts, and we tell them, the crowd, you know, it's like, yeah, hey, uh, you're awful. It's like too bad, you know?
0: Yeah, we are what we are.
1: <laughs> right? I we played a Randolph making, and some goes, you play, you play Butch, play Butch, because and we had moved on to a whole another uh, set of, and like Christine takes this uh, handful of change, throws it into the audience, <laughs> and says, go find a jukebox, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, wow. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and and so actually we 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 we're still playing now, you know. Yeah. We played two shows in in June.
0: Okay. How were those?
1: July. Yeah, but uh it, there were two weeks there when the pandemic was over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Remember and, that time?
1: Yeah, everything was going to be great, so we started playing. you know, mm-hmm. but now we're back to Yeah. Anyway.
0: We got to get you to Charlottesville. We have to have you play champion outside. That'd be fun. It'd be awesome. I'll work on that for you.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll make that happen.
1: I lost track of what I said. Well, actually,
0: I think this is the perfect segue into what I am. You're talking about just doing it for yourself. Beaks. Beaks is beaks. Right?
1: Yeah, what I am am. is
0: me, me, me.
1: I've been around this wild wild world. I've seen all I can see. But it actually comes down to it. What you are is you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That whole running away from yourself, forget it.
0: Oh, man, it doesn't work. You're wearing <laughs> out your shoes,
1: running away <laughs> to get away. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> All right, What I Am. Shh. This is a, an Applegate song.
1: Yeah, there There it you is. are.
0: All right. <laughs> It's on yeah, I got it on three. There A we go. A to
1: the double P L E G <laughs> A T E O. That is me.
0: <laughs> you do have songs everywhere. <laughs> Their good riff. Everyone got a real little Kicks. cue of, of our of the last track. But uh, it is three o'clock. We've done an hour here on Yield Tuesday Afternoon Rock Show and WTJU 91.1 FM in Charlottesville. But we are online everywhere, anytime at WTJU.net. If you're just tuning in or you tune in recently and missed the beginning of this fantastic so far show, you can go to WTJU.net and uh, click on the recent shows tab. Um, And we're going to try to make this available, I think, on SoundCloud as well so that more folks can listen. Um, And we are supported by Potter's Craft Cider, whose tasting room is open Thursday through Sunday with live music and food trucks every day and DJs, including WTJU DJs, on Sundays. Um, Potter's also offers Charlottesville and Richmond home delivery Monday through Friday. For more information, visit potterscraftcider.com. Thanks to uh, Potters for making it possible for us to have Tom on the air. We have Tom Applegate from hey, Beeks, Lamore, Richmond. What I mean, you're you're a legend over there,
1: Richmond Rock, legendary
0: Tom, Tom Applegate.
1: Applegate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is Tom at the Rock Radio, and we are we do no talking on this radio. Just hit after hit. We're not going to do any talking today at WTGU. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. that works. That's good.
1: 91 FM. I used to
0: have. <laughs> We're talking about music, which is also <laughs> great because I love listening to music. But part of why I like being on radio, and also part of why, I, you know, not so much at the moment, but I do still write for zines and stuff because I like knowing the stories behind music and the ways that it connects people. And I, that's why I have this record collection. That's why I joined a band. You know a lot about rock and roll. I, 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 yeah, I think so. I yeah. love it. It's It means so much to me. It's so important,
1: you know, to meet gir- uh, women. Yeah. I, I, I use the word girls, and I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just, but, you know, <laughs> uh, d- d- uh, d- to meet women who are like rockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I like to think that, um, well, for a long time, I didn't feel welcome. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't join a band until I was 34. Even though I've always wanted to be in a band, when I was in high school, you know, I was taking lessons and playing music and um, secretly listening to rock music that I would put my CDs in, like, Hanson and Backstreet Boys jewel cases, because I didn't want my mom to know what I was listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, Mom. She's fine with it now. But, um, yeah, the boys would be like, we don't want a girl in our band. And this was, like, in the early aughts, too. So this was...
1: Yeah, and, and girls playing punk. And part of the, I have a theory that this, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I hope I don't offend people. But uh, when you learn how to play guitar, they tend to almost always give a, a woman uh, acoustic guitar. Yes. And then teach you how to be like real strummy. You start mm-hmm. real strummy, and then the only way you can sing to a strummy is like, ah, la, la, like that, you know? Yeah. But, like, I, can, I, can, I can't play acoustic guitar where it's, you know? It's, it's like <laughs> Some of would think, oh, well, that guy can't play at all. But and, because an electric guitar is an entirely different type so of instrument. So different. You know? Because it's not just an amplified guitar.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: you... You're playing the electronic, there's so much more to it. The electronics and you touch and you feel it and the, mm-hmm. oh, your pickups. It's like, yes. And then the sonic feedback, we do a lot with with, with feedback and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that and make it a part of the song. Yep. Not just a crescendo at the end. <laughs> but, right. uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and... and it's hard for women to. Right, because then they don't feel like they're, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a little.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And I, you know, um, I did get to talk with Lydia Lunch about a month ago, right before her show here. And, you know, talking with her about what it was like to sort of, you know, kick down some of those boundaries and barriers and expectations. And, you know, women from this era, too. You know, you have Christine, you've got, you know, the Slits and, you know, Vice versa of Poison Girls and just ex- Oh man, yeah. X-C, I mean,
1: geez. that woman is. Yeah,
0: and I play, <laughs> I play all of that on my shows. You know, like that's that music is really important to me, and what they have to say, and um, you know, I, I just, I really love that. And so, um, I was, you know, excited when this came out because I was like, oh, I've met Tommy's cool, and then I was like, there's a woman singer, yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: just more fun. Yeah. Because hanging around with just dudes, I don't know. Boring. I'm not really good at talking bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, So Kicks is the last song on this compilation. Yes. And we're going to play that next. But then Tom brought a bunch of other stuff.
1: (gasps) Oh. I I love this Kicks because it's at the final... Final part when the guitar, just the guitars kick in there, God, that's how I want guitars to sound, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But well, with that in mind, let's play it before people forget.
1: You, kicks just keep getting harder to find.
0: <laughs> Get your kicks here on Yield Tuesday afternoon rock show. All right, turn up a little. So that was kicks, and that brought us to the end of the of Beaks, the early years, which Tom worked on with our buddy Mark, um, and and another one that you worked on with Mark. Yeah,
1: next. Did I ever talk about how I met Mark? We talked about it, and then I was going to talk about it. Did
0: we talk about it on the air? No, I don't think you I talked about it so, on the air.
1: I keep changing.
0: Yeah, let, yeah, why don't you tell us that? Because we're so going to anyway, go with a Lamore Mark. Uh, Hi, Mark.
1: Mark Sherbert. <laughs> it's like, uh, I thought that was his name for a long time. Mark Sherbert. Be. Like the ice cream? Yeah. But anyway, he's got this beach impediment records, you know? And what? This is uh, the Beaks Records, his 55th release. That's awesome. And I've, after working with him, I found that he has an impeccable reputation uh-huh. for doing good
0: stuff. He has good taste and he's a good person.
1: But uh, like I'd never met him before, you know, uh, a while back, and and uh, my daughter uh, Mina, it's like, um, I was friends with him, and and we we went to the monster truck show at the Coliseum, and then we went out to get some drinks, and Mark came along, and she's like, oh, here, this is my friend Mark, you know, I was like, great, hi, you know, and she said, well, he has a record company, right? <laughs> I'm going, yeah, great, you know. So, so do I. Who doesn't? <laughs> and you know, it's, it's like, uh, and, no, he's got a real record company. It's like, oh, yeah. And I look at Mark and say, what are you doing for me? And, and he's like, what do you got? Because he's direct. Uh-huh. I said, come over to my house. He would take a look. So he did. He came over, like, next week, and I have all this stuff, you know, because I, I never let any of it go, all the Beaks and Lamore stuff. Mm. And he looked through, like, a couple bins of my things and was like, holy cow. He says, there's definitely, there's a record in, in this bin. At least one. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> and then we. And, and that's where the Lamore record came out. Uh-huh. You know, because he, he, he did that. He spent about a year, and he went through – all of my photographs, everything, set wow. lists, notes. He listened to every cassette that I had made. Uh, it's like, and then he put this thing together. But I'm so thankful, grateful, because he's such a solid guy, man.
0: Yeah, and, and you spend a lot of time with him. Yes. Too.
1: Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> I see him a couple times a week and I don't see anybody. Yeah. You? Yeah.
0: yeah. I I feel like every time I would see Mark he'd be running out the door to go hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, I'm going to see Tom. He's so <laughs> good.
1: We have a mutual admiration society. But, uh, yeah, so 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 he put this little record out, and I don't have it oh, here, but it. you got it there. But, um, see, I had... David Stover and I were were, were putting a little more band together before I ran into the Beaks people, mm-hmm. and uh, we were playing with Ricky and the White Boys and the uh, Barriers. Uh, pretty much was the, the early Richmond scene, and um, I had just kind of met Christine. But uh, the first time I saw her, well, I was in Bohannon's record store on Grace Street, right? And it, it, it faces out on the street, and I was like thumbing through records at the front of the window. And I look up, and leaning cro- on the building across the street, it's mid-July. There's this girl, and she's got leather pants on, right? <laughs> motorcycle boots. And she's wearing a leather jacket. In it's July. It's like 95 degrees out here. She's got her Ray-Bans on, and this hair, endless hair, is like... Who is that? You know? Mm-hmm. And next time I saw her, she was in the crowd at the Patty Smith show in D.C. Uh, I was like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and then, so, we were writing this song, and I wrote we wrote this song, Someday. And actually, see, this is why I played it, because the, 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 this three parts to the song. But the first part of the song was about Christine.
0: Standing about, out there in her leather pants.
1: I had met you know, I'd met her, <laughs> but she didn't know how I felt about her. Mm. It was like unrequited teenage love. But the, the whole sunglass, the Someday Song, goes for a relationship from beginning to end.
0: hmm Cool. Hey. I didn't know that about this song. <laughs> Which is, like, I'm excited to actually listen to it now with that in mind, now that I know.
1: There you go. You a girl. I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm going to be in love that ends up don't come out anymore baby uh oh this is the last line. hey go ahead
0: shh Wait, should we play it
1: yeah let's play it come back to your desk <laughs> act like you're working
0: yeah act like you're working but really you're listening to rock and roll There's a
4: certain girl that I've been thinking of a certain girl I made them fall alone she don't even know what Just how I feel, that does not mean that these feelings are real And when I talk to her, she does not realize And when I talk to her, she doesn't see it in my eyes But when I walk with her, she makes me feel so energized I'm the type of guy who is so very shy Never talk to girls, I never get high All I do at night is walk through the streets Hoping that this girl is the one I'm gonna meet got like
0: about joining bands when you're a little older. I, I talked about this with Lydia Lunch. It was kind of like, everyone thinks that rock and roll is for young people. Oh, yeah. And it is. But also, I feel like I get more, I have so much more to say the older I get. I'm tired
1: of the ageism. Right? That I get, you
0: know? I like, mean, you can still rock.
1: I feel it. Every day. Every bit. And yeah. you should hear the guitar stuff I'm r- ripping off now. It's, I don't know. Not bad for a geezer, but it's almost promoted by the people my age. Really? Like, oh, oh, I can't remember those days. I'll try to act like, oh, yeah, those must have been, you know? It's like, you're too old. They're too old to write. It's like, yeah, tell yourself, you know? Yeah. I can't stop. It's compulsive. Mm. But there's that statement, art is compulsive or not at all.
0: Oh, I like that. I haven't heard that. Art is compulsive or not at all.
1: I can't get the original source. I read it on the back of a Patty Smith record.
0: <laughs> hmm. I, uh, like I think it's
1: it by an Italian uh, sculptor. I think. Uh huh. But I love that. Yeah. It's true.
0: And you're still writing new material all the time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I got this do so. <laughs>
0: You'll have to play it at Champion when we set up your show.
1: (laughs) Oh, great.
0: great. (laughs) I've already committed. I should probably reach out to them first, but maybe they're listening. There you go. Yeah. Hey, Um,
1: Champions. Hello. Hello, I'm on the phone with who? You want what? You want to hear us play at Champions? Well, we'll check on that. Oh, another call. These calls (laughs) just keep coming in. Just so
0: popular. (laughs) Everyone wants a piece of Tom Applegate. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, uh, maybe. I
0: think so.
1: I got plenty to go around.
0: <laughs> Should we play another Lamore song? So
1: if so, wherever you are, you in your car, because that's where I listen to Public Radio more in, in my, the car. In the car, yep. You're in your car, or maybe you're at your work, or maybe at your desk. Maybe you're just at home because you you, you don't want to work, or yeah. maybe you can't work. Take just this one moment and think about how important. Rock and roll has been to some piece of your life. (laughs) Wow. It's, I don't know.
0: My life would be completely different.
1: It would, you know, see, here's what, oh, I I know you want to play.
0: Oh, that's okay. We can chat a little more about that. Or we can give people the time to ruminate.
1: Yeah, there you go. Ruminate.
0: We'll ruminate um, what your life would be like without rock and roll. What song should we play for that?
4: Ruminations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to write that one. Um, it's, a, hmm. it's A sinister purpose. We, sh- we could play Tommy the Rock, or No Time to Waste.
1: Tommy the Rock. <laughs> that's a that's kind of it's a long. No time to waste. Oh, that's a, that's that's actually the second half of that song. Mark found that on a cassette. I that, love it. It's like insane. Um, What do you Wait, which, You want to do no
0: time to waste Yeah Since you just told us where it comes from
1: Yeah Yeah Makes sense There you go Because you got no time to waste See that's the problem When you're younger You feel like I got all the time in the world You don't But I tell you Turn around You know how old I'm 68 Which is Which wild. is like You know See I don't know that doesn't make any difference, but there's, but I'm getting to that point where I'm thinking, eh, well, you know, there's, there's less miles in front of this horse than there are mm-hmm. in the cart behind me, or something.
0: like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you have I no know. time to waste now.
1: No, do it. <laughs>
0: do it now. We're gonna.
4: You ever stood for, yeah, you make it take a second look And if you don't like just what you find, do you You gotta make some tickets in You're the one
2: who's got the limit of time, yeah, you gotta be your own best friend
4: And you're too cool, girl, yeah, you're losing your face And you're no fool, girl, yeah, you know you got it, you got the time to win I don't know to so, say so you got no time to waste, yeah, got no time to waste, yeah, got no time to waste, yeah, got no time to waste, yeah.
0: So now Tom's going to tell us why he wanted to be a rock and roller for life.
1: All right. So anyway, I want to get into this because so I I was born, I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, which is uh, the, the, the most the immediately suburb of, of Chicago. So I, I tell I grew up in Chicago, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it was around you know I was born in 1953, and the way it timed out, I was like. Um, teenager but i lived in that city of chicago and chicago was immersed in rock and roll right i mean it was a big deal when the beatles come when the rolling stones come dave clark five come and there was a constant flow, flow of british invasion right huh. and and i think i was in uh what grade fourth fifth grade. and and uh i went to see the Hermans hermits at this huge coliseum right that's so cool because uh my friends, Don, his mom made his sister take us if in order for her to go. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. <laughs> and and the Hermit as good Lord. When, Peter, when he said, hello, he came out and said, hello. You, the, the screams, it was beetle level. Oh I mean, and looking around, the energy in that, that place was just, it was like, holy cow. Mm. You know? And the Standells played that show, I think, too. But, uh and and there was like and th- there was these moments that came along in my life. Where that was one of us, like the energy that that a show like that could create, which mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones could still do. But um, and then there was um, uh, Strawberry Alarm Clock. Oh yeah, right. So they did a record s- signing. It, it, at a music store in Evanston, and I was still in elementary school. And we went down there to see them, of course, because we were crazy about it. And then, but the line went down like all the way down the block. So we go around back and sit up on the fire escape, and then we're watching. And this limousine pulls in, and then they got out of the limousine, right? Just laughing their heads off. They, had, they were completely dressed in Edwardian clothes, like the Stones. <laughs> You know, and they were just had sunglasses on, and they were so cool. Yeah, and that's another moment. I was like, yeah.
0: I love that band.
1: This is, I want to do this. You can, you can do this. You know, it was like, and then it was really cool. So growing up in that environment was 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 great. And then my sister, who's seven years older than me, brought all the records in the house. Right. And then uh, I like the the Beach Boys uh, uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to see them at the same place that I saw the Hermits Hermits, and it was the same thing. I mean, and they were dressed in their stri- striped surface shirts. It's like, oh, my God. So then she brought home this record that it would go play fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. And it was the beginning of this record, those guitar licks, and the way the bass clicks in there and I know that they're just ripping off Chuck Berry. But I didn't know who Chuck Berry was, so this is okay because now I can know. Now you know. And I can emulate him down to the
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: But uh I heard this guitar licks and the way the the song kicks in and then the song is about a girl whose dad takes her car away from her because she's bad, right? <laughs> and they're not going, then they start saying, who cares? Right. You can come along with me and we'll have fun, fun, fun. You know, who cares? <laughs> it's like, this is like anti-parent, <laughs> <laughs> which is like punk. This is like punk rock. Right. <laughs> but see, it doesn't have the sound. Of, but but right. this was the guitar licks that made me want to play guitar.
0: All right. All right.
1: So anyway.
0: So these are the guitar licks. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) By the Beach Boys right now.
2: She forgot all about the library like she told her old man now. And with the radio blast and goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have fun, 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 fun till that. it takes the T-bird away. Fun, fun, fun till that it takes the fever well, away. Well, where is the standard? Cause she walks, looks and like an you ace, walk like an ace no, You walk like an ace now, you walk like an ace she makes me. With fun, fun, fun not day. Coca- <laughs> this always
0: makes me think of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Beach Boys were, were, you know, important to me, too. When I, was, um, when I was a kid, my dad, so for my 10th birthday, my dad gave me a Discman. And I was like, oh. This mm-hmm. is what I've always wanted. Like, I had some cassettes or whatever. And um, he gave me two CDs. He gave me Queen's Greatest Hits One and The Beach Boys Endless Summer. And I list, I mean, I still have both of them. They're both in the car. Um, when my CD player works, I listen to them. But mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is great. It's-
1: That's another good thing. Getting like records or stuff from people. Mm -hmm. I when I was in high school, my cool sister, who's like living in Iowa, she sent me the "Are You Experienced" Jimi Hendrix record, and I had never heard anything about it. And it was like, oh my god, this record blew my mind. Yeah. And then my dad was on a business trip to San Francisco. He went into the store and said, "I have a teenage son. What should I get him?" And they gave him the Fresh Cream album, you know, which introduced me to Eric Clapton. Mm -hmm. It's like those. Like, I would have. I don't know. Who knows if you would have encountered those things? I love when people give you stuff that's.
0: It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. But.
0: And then seeing music. So you have a story about Street Fighting Man.
1: Oh. The
0: Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there these like,
1: it's like the pivotal moments, like where it's like, you look at these people, and uh, I want to do that. I, I could do that. Let's do that. I like and good style. So we would see, when I was in high school, it was nineteen sixty eight. The Rolling Stones played the, the Baltimore Civic Center, and they were support. They, they just put out "Let It Bleed," right, which was like mind blowing record.
0: I love that record. You know. Hmm.
1: After the Beatles started all that junk with Sgt. Pepper's and everyone had to do those long, boring records, you know, like Stones came out, let it bleed, and it was about death and murder. It's like, it's like, like, I don't know. With
0: a cake on the front?
1: Yes. Anyway, so it was, so we got to, actually, I ran away from home. I was forbidden to go to the show. I sent for tickets. I told my mom, I got the tickets. She says, you're not going. So I wrote an early dismissal note for myself. And turned it in, and we left and and, and went down to the bus station, and and took the bus to to Baltimore, and uh, they didn't know where I was. I ran away. We ran away. <laughs> but anyway, Baltimore Civics at that time they didn't have any barriers in front of the stage. They mm-hmm. hadn't come up with that great idea <laughs> so at that time, and the stones just worked. They just kill it. Well, they always do. If you've ever seen the Stones, you know they they just they kill it every single time. But at the end for the encore, they turn all the lights up. And say, everybody, come on down to the front. So we just like. I ran down and I'm chest my chest against the. Uh, stage and I'm, got my, I'm in front of Keith Richards and I'm, 'cause i he's the guy that's focusing right and he and he turns around and runs up and slides on his knees across the stage and this is when he had all the messed up teeth and he had that tooth earring and his hair was in that shag and he looked so great and, and he slid on his knees right up in front of me. <laughs> right? And he leaned over the edge of the stage and in my face he goes, Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then he breaks into street fighting man. And it's like it's like, yes. Yeah. I don't know if I was gonna go home. <laughs> I've been free. It's like this is it. I mean, there was like this is it. Anyway.
0: Well, let's hear let's hear the song. And we can all envision Keith sliding across the stage to yell at young Tom. <laughs>
3: Coming up this Friday night from 8 to 9 at Offbeat Roadhouse, it's the sounds of Central Virginia's own, the Jason Burke Band. The concert will take place at WTJU's performance base at 2244 Ivy Road in Charlottesville, right next door to Vivace For additional details, including directions to Offbeat Roadhouse, visit WTJU.net. And everyone's
0: excited. Um, I've been slacking a little bit, admittedly, on uh, talking about some other shows on the station. So tomorrow, coming up, we got Foggy Notion, which will bring you the mood-motivated music for midweek musing. You'll hear music from all genres, soul, punk, funk, dance, and, of course, rock. That's Foggy Notion Wednesday afternoons from 2 to 4 right here on WTJU. And later tonight, we have Midnight Confession at 11 p.m., where you will blow past the pretense and hobgoblin sameness of the daylight world and reveal the dark truth in the late night music, with admissions across the spectrum of sound from the Flintstones to the Jetsons and the Twilight Zone. It's midnight confession. Tonight on WTJU. So if if you choose to turn your dial, make sure you tune it back. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got next, Tom? Um, what do we think? Would you please- Oh, evening. no, we got three
1: CD players. Oh, they got three CD players. players. Hey. Not- <laughs> All right, let me put my headphones on. I can hear myself. Oh, there we go. So um, I want to play this song. The, um, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> um, so Beaks, have, have, we've continued. The, 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 it didn't end with um, the passing of Christine and uh, there was a big big question cuz she was so much uh the force of the power of the, of the band but um like we sh- we all shared that you know it, 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 we we just you know you support your front person right. so we, we did and well, when she 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 died in uh, 2007 we did a, a memorial show in 2008 and the intention we were going to play and quit and have that thing where you have an empty microphone and, you know, and then we just play these songs with no singer. And it's like, oh, well, that's like. And then about 10 seconds before we played, I just turned around and everybody said, I'm going to sing, mm. right? And they go, like, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. so then we just did all set. And then I've been, like, learning how to play and sing at the same time. Ooh. But uh, we've continued on. I mean, it just continues on mm-hmm. because it's, it's not so much we discovered as the, the person it's kind of an attitude and a sound
0: mm.
1: that comes together because uh, it's Tommy Rodriguez who plays guitar like who has been playing in this this band for 35 years or 30 you know after yeah. Richard left and everyone in the band's been playing it with us for more than like 30 years so it's still the same sound and everything sure. and then I wrote you know whatever but anyway so I want to play uh one th- th- this is a song on a CD we made for that memorial th- show. And it, it's called I Don't Want to Think About You. And uh, this is actually probably the, f- the first song that Christine and I wrote together.
0: Okay. What track number is it?
1: Number 10.
0: Number 10. All right. Okay. I got yeah. it cued. Should we go for it? Yeah, let's try it. All right. CD player three. Let's see. I never use the city players. Oh, here we are. oh, I'm great. I just wish we had more time.
1: Yeah, this is... I
0: could do this forever.
1: I hope this is good for you guys, too.
0: I, I think so. We we still have a lot of people on the stream monitor. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> like, a lot. So, so well, that, yeah.
1: The, yeah, that's a song that... that. that uh, we, this is good. Like, that we realized, wow, we could do this, you know? Yeah. And I think Tom Zimmerman recorded it for us. It's like, anyway... It was about a person you love dying, and you see them go away in a car, and it's like you just don't want to think about them anymore. It's like it's like it is so weird. Yeah, Yeah. that's the beginning, then how to end it. So, anyway, I gotta tell you about Patty uh, Smith's tale here. So, uh, when when Christine died, it was like in December of 2007, and then uh, I didn't know what to do, Mm. yeah. So my friend David Stober, they rich try to get me out of the house. So he got we, he said, You gotta go see Patty, so let's go see Patty. And she was playing at the nine thirty club. Mm-hmm. And uh her brother Todd Smith, right, who's a great guy. Well he worked he, he after they stopped touring, he moved to Richmond. Oh. And he worked at Vatex where Christine was everybody worked at Bay Texas creep I mean Christine was vice president, that's how she ended up. I was working in the stock, you know, I was printing T shirts. That's cool. Our drummer was an art <laughs> director. Anyway. So but but Todd had died a couple months before that too. Mm-hmm. And then Christine had died and we were all been friends. But I'd never met Patty, you know. But I knew Todd. But at and we went to the show and we got to the show I I she came out, and I did this like t- t- I was just tra- telepathic message. Is says, Patty? Because she guided me through a lot of stuff mm. without knowing it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, I sent her the message. I'm here t- representing Todd and Christine, right? Give me a sign. That that's a little. Because I'll try it to, you know, you try, I'll just do it telepathy. So they play a couple songs. They play about, you know, four or five songs. And then uh, all of a sudden, Patty says, I got to pee, right? I'm going to let Lenny sing a song. So then Lenny gets up and he starts singing Tears of a Clown, right? Oh boy. <laughs> so we're standing in the crowd and, and I'm looking at my friend David and he goes, Patty's standing behind you. And I was like, what? And I turned around and she's standing, she's right there. Right, so she puts her arms around me <laughs> and give you a hug,
0: and oh she whispers
1: in my ear, "Everything's gonna be
0: okay." <laughs> oh, the story is making me cry.
1: And then and she like stood back and looked at me. And it was nodding her head like "mm-hmm," and I was like, I was like, I didn't know what to say. And she says. I got to go, I got something to do, <laughs> which was to <a> sing. <laughs> so then she runs away, right? Yeah. And then uh, she got back, came back on the stage, and she goes, yeah, thank you, and, and she said, I just want to tell you, I lied, I didn't have to pee. I had something to tell someone, right? <laughs> and it was, like, insane, it was like, how did that happen? She's, I mean, what is it? I mean, I still haven't met her, like, face to face. Wow. And one day I'll ask her, do you, remember, do you
0: remember that? Oh, my gosh.
1: It's like, what happened? How'd you, what was it? What's that all about? Anyway.
0: Should we play a Patti Smith song?
1: It's like, it's
0: just. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that with all of us.
1: It makes me, like, cry, right? Yeah, I know. We're
0: both <laughs> sitting here like, oh.
1: Every
0: time. You have some cool-looking tissues right there. Oh, I do.
1: <laughs> here we maybe,
0: go. maybe Patty's spirit put them right there ah. just for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a favorite Patty song? I think we could probably play a Patty song before we play your new... I love
1: Ask the Angels. Okay that's the angel who they're calling and said they're calling to me
0: all right let's do it <laughs> So we had Patty Smith with Ask the Angels. We're back. Oh, Is we? I forgot to play this promo. I guess we should tell people about Offbeat Roadhouse real quick.
1: Yes, I'll tell them about the <laughs> Offbeat <laughs> Roadhouse. Roadhouse.
0: One second, we'll be right back.
1: The Offroad Boathouse. <laughs> the Offbeat... <laughs>
3: Coming up this Friday night from 8 to 9 at Offbeat Roadhouse, it's the sounds of Central Virginia's own the Jason Burke Band. The concert will take place at WTJU's performance base at 2244 Ivy Road in Charlottesville, right next door to Vivace. For additional details, including directions to Offbeat Roadhouse, visit WTJU.net. everyone's
2: excited.
0: How much do you know about Aboriginal art? Do you ever ask yourself, Why does Charlottesville have an Aboriginal art museum? Why is this art relevant to us here? Aboriginal Art in America, a podcast from the Virginia Audio Collective, holds the answers to these questions. This weekly podcast explores different Aboriginal artworks in each episode and features curators and administrators from Charlottesville's own Kluge Roo Aboriginal Art Museum. Check out Aboriginal Art in America on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or find it on the Virginia Audio Collective. Hey. Well, we have just a few minutes left, but we have a very special thing to play for folks, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So the last bit I want to finish this up with, because, uh, with a new song. <gasps> A new song by Beaks. This would be the world premiere, I believe, of of the new There's I, uh, Zero Degree. Uh, actually, is uh, we're putting out a new record. <laughs> it's a uh, Beaks Lamar split, and uh, because of the backup of the record plants and everything, is everything else, uh, it won't be coming out till like March, I believe. But this was um, just, I wanted to demonstrate that we are still killing it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't believe this, this band. I love this band, and I'm in it, you know? And not just because I'm in it, but uh-huh. because this is a great band. Yeah. But anyway, here's, a, here's a, one of the newest things that we've done.
0: Yeah, and thank you for joining us, Tom. This has been so fun.
1: Oh, this is great. I was so nervous. and
0: <laughs> Well, now that you know what it's like, maybe I'll have to come... Hang out again.
1: We're just sitting here talking about everything. It's great. I got a million stories. Anyway. Yeah,
0: Yeah, all right. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. So we're going to world premiere Avis right here. Yeah.
1: And I'll see you guys at uh, where?
0: At Champion. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, there we go. We'll let you know, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much um, for tuning in. And uh, Dave will be in next week. Alice is up next. Um, But we're going to close out with this brand new track, world premiere